Ladies and gentlemen, we lost a player this week. Um, former Steelers and Commanders quarterback Dwayne Haskins has tragically passed away after being struck by a car. The former Ohio State Buckeyes set records in total offense in a season with 4,900 plus yards, total offensive yards in a game with 477, and total passing yards in a game with 470. He won MVP award in the 2018 Big Ten Football Championship and 2019 Rose Bowl. All Big Ten honors, Big Ten Offensive Player of the Week awards, and Graham the and the Graham George Offensive Player of the Year, uh, as well as the Greasy Breeze Quarterback of the Year, the Chicago Tribune Silver Football, and the Male Ohio State Athlete of the Year awards. He was a semifinalist for the Maxwell Award and finished third in the Heisman Trophy voting before entering in the 2019 NFL Draft. As a student, he majored in journalism, the same thing I'm going for. He was one of my all-time favorite Ohio State players to watch. Haskins was known off the field for his charity work. He spent off time reading children's books to elementary students, participating in community outreach events, and helping find those in need a new home. He handed out backpacks, school supplies, and hygiene kits at a Pittsburgh back-to-school event. He also took a group of kids out to Dick's Sporting Goods to go shopping for winter gear. In December, he also handed out Christmas gifts, food, shoes, socks, and many other things to families that needed it. Despite his great on-field resume, it was no match to how great of a person he was off the field. He was 24 years old when he passed. The boys over here at the Pigskin Project wish him an easy rest, his family, friends, and fans quick healing. And lastly, rest in peace to Dwayne Haskins. And they're going to snap it, and it's Trey Burton who throws caught. Foles, touchdown. And here he goes. It's Hester inside the 30. Hester's going to take it all the way for a touchdown. You're listening to the Pigskin Project, the world's number one football podcast. Now with more insights on all things football, here are your hosts, Ben Hansen and Ryan Matthews. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Pigskin Project. Um, after a, a long week, um, we actually have a little bit of news regarding football and everything. But first, uh, Ben, how have you been doing, man? I've been doing great. Like you said, um, you know, we got a couple of smaller tidbits of news, but I mean, I'm, I'm really just counting down the days uh, until the draft comes. And I know this comes out on a Friday, but recording this on a Thursday. So as of the time of the recording, uh, we have two weeks left, so it'll be fun. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. I'm doing great. Um, yep. I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. Um, but you know, I mean, First, we got to get through these next couple weeks. And I mean, of course, that there's going to be all kinds of different rumors and extensions and all that. So uh, let's get right into that because we have quite a bit of weekly news. Um, Raiders quarterback Derek Carr signed a three-year, $121 million contract. Um, I mean, I think he earned it. 
I think, you know, to a certain extent. I mean, he is the franchise quarterback. But, he just, you know. So much money. is a, For this year, that makes him the fifth highest paid quarterback. And yeah. Not to not to 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 spark this up. Um, if you guys want to hear our uh, opinions on this, go listen to the last episode that we put out. <laughs> but he's making more money than Patrick Mahomes is this year. Yeah, it's that's crazy. Bonkers. But yeah. yeah, good for him for going out and grabbing the bag. Um, and I know it's structured in, in a in a really good team friendly way because I I know he mentioned that he wanted to do like a, a team friendly uh, contract because. He said he didn't want to hurt like the other guys because he said he was really, really sad that they had to trade um, his close friend, Cleo Mack, after he signed uh, that other contract extension. So, Right. Yeah. Uh, next up, the Panthers have talked to numerous teams about moving back from number six overall. Um, this is really interesting to me, uh, strictly just because it's a draft day trade. Um, to be honest with you, I think that we're going to see a lot more trades this year than you know, potentially last year. Um, but, you know, I, I'm looking forward to it, man. Cause I think, you know, within the top 10, we're going to have a lot more trades than people um, kind of work well, out to be. Realistically, we always, and this is, and this is um, something I, I fall to as well, but we always, you know, the weeks coming really close to the draft, uh, we always hear these hype about teams trading and, Boy, would I love my Eagles to trade up in that sixth spot and take my guy, um, Kyle Hamilton, who we'll get to a little bit later. Um, but trades within the top 10 don't happen a lot. We might get one or two of them a year, but we always like the weeks before the draft, we always get like these hype about all these different movements. Um, I fall in this trap every year. Um, and this might come back and burn me because I made a few different predictions on um, an old podcast. And it, of course didn't happen, but I would be very surprised if we get more than one trade. Um, I might look stupid in two weeks, but um, I, I feel like I always fall for this trap. I'm just, oh. but yes. <laughs> the best thing that I do is just to stay uh, optimistic I mean, just hope for the best, honestly. That's all you can do. Um, who knows what's going in those draft rooms. But um, next up, you know, speaking of who knows what's going in the room, the, you know, behind closed doors, um, Baker Mayfield says that he feels disrespected 100%. He was told one thing, and they completely did another. And since then, the Seahawks have since been listed favorites to be Baker's next team. And honestly, I, I, I straight up can't see him being a backup right now um i still think that he's a starting quality quarterback even though he might be on the lower end um but you know i i think last year was a really really rough comparison compared to other years um you know it, it was just a down year for him um i think that he has potential to bounce back uh, but he needs another opportunity with that and it's just clearly not cleveland yeah, um, I, I I agree. It just I, as for the told one thing and and something else happened. Um, I mean that's just that's just the that's the NFL. The NFL is never going to show their hand. Um, that's just the business that he's in. And realistically, 
about halfway through this year, we kind of already started to get the sense that they weren't going to keep him long-term. I mean, I think it was like our second podcast that we were talking mm-hmm. about this. Um, so if he was shocked or surprised, um, that's just silly on his part because uh, it, they kind of showed us their hand. I mean, pretty early on this season that, that he was not going to be their guy. So for yeah. him to be shocked about, for him to be mad about it, it's one thing, but for him to be shocked and surprised um, is another. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Um, and if you guys haven't listened to that episode that he referenced, definitely go back and check out our, our history because um, we've talked a lot about Baker Mayfield. But anyway, um, you know, next up, Jamison Williams could be the first wide receiver taken, and Atlanta is close to that situation. And he's also been compared to Jamar Chase last year before the draft. I like it. <laughs> um. I don't know if I would go as far to say he is Jamar Chase. Um, but I think these last two or three weeks have been pretty vocal about my opinion of him being the number one wide receiver in this class. Um, anybody who drafts him is, I mean, is going to get a good player. I mean, he, he is, he is his, his lateral agility is amazing. His obviously straight line speed is amazing. His explosion is amazing. He runs solid routes. Um, he catches the tough ball. Really, the only thing that you would say he like, the only thing that you'd say he doesn't have is contested catchability. But it's not that he can't catch it. It's just not something that you'd see somebody like Drake London. But like I said, dude, anybody who drafts him is gonna is is gonna get a great player and honestly the falcons having interest in him i could absolutely see yeah i i mean i agree with just about any you know all the points that you made there too um i i mean you know anyway we'll get there uh if you guys haven't been listening uh check out the mock drafts episodes because those are a little bonus unfortunately those will be coming to an end here in a couple weeks but (laughs) Fortunately, yeah. we do have something something special cooking up that we will get to later this episode. So stay tuned. But um, next up, Kyle Hamilton is falling down the draft boards and could be potentially falling out the top 10. Ben, this was your like top guy or one of the top guys, at least in, on your draft board. Uh, what do well, you feel? Again, I've, I've said it time and time and time again. Um, he, I, I don't really think it's too close either. Um, he, he's the best player in this draft. In, in the two things that are really hurting him, that are making this come out, is his slower forty. I think he ran a four, four six, uh, four okay. five. Um, and people are people are mad that he ran. It was either a four five or a four six, um, and that's hurting him. Um, and then the fact that he plays safety, but. Not to sound like um, like a jerk, but to, for him to fall out of the top 10 would just be ridiculous because you're clearly not watching the film. You're clearly not looking at what he can offer if you don't think he's a top 10 talent. And it would just, uh, I don't know. It'd be crazy. I mean, I, I hope he falls out of the top 10 because if he falls out of the top 10, that allows uh, hopefully my <laughs> birds to kind of come in there and, and get it. but you don't he, he's I'm willing to say that he's a generational prospect 
and you don't you don't let generational prospects with his side speed, his I mean, quite literally side to side speed and how big he is and how hard he hits. Um, it's to let a guy slip out of the top ten like that would just be malpractice. I get you. Um, let's see. Matt Corral has been uh, regarded by Eagles representatives as the QB one in the draft. Um, Ben, why don't you tell me a little bit about your position on Matt Corral? Because I mean, we Um, both know, I mean, you're a pretty big fan of him, but you know, I, I remember sitting here in, in the, uh, the scouting combine and you being like, I love that guy. That guy's awesome. Like, Okay. (laughs) Yeah, no, I, I love Matt Corral. Um, I don't think he's going to be uh, – I don't think he'll – I'd be surprised if he gets taken in the first round. I really think there's only going to be two quarterbacks taken in the first round. Maybe he can sneak there in the back end. But um, realistically, I, he has a little bit of Malik Willis and a little bit of Kenny Pickett. I think he can come in um, and play right away. I'm not going to say he's pro ready because uh, obviously all rookies have growing pains. But I think he can come in and play versus Malik, Malik Willis will, will have to sit a year. Um, but he also isn't lacking that upside that um, Kenny Pickett has. So I I, I love him. Um, and I, I, I think as for the Eagles, I think it's getting a little blown out of proportion. The Eagles are not taking a quarterback this year. They're just doing their due diligence. This literally happens every year. <laughs> reacting. Well, who knows? Um, you know, we've stated it before. I mean, who knows what's going on? Um, yeah. He could be on the trade block at this point. I mean, we've seen crazier things happen, but or Jalen Hurts could be, I mean. Uh, but anyway, Ben, believe it or not, we have some football coming up this weekend, man. Like live on television football, and it is not the NFL um, but <laughs> after a 37-year hiatus, the eight-team USFL will first play a 10-week regular season that will begin on Saturday, April 16th, or tomorrow, if you're listening to this on Friday. Um, so basically, what I'm going to do uh, with Ben, and I mean, I, I encourage all the listeners or whatever to uh, do this as, you know, we... Uh, we kind of play along. Um, ben, I, I don't have really any experience looking at any of, you know, the, the teams or whatever. Um, I, I was looking it up a little bit when, you know, you're, you were talking and stuff, um, just basically looking over the teams, seeing um, what their uniforms are like and whatnot. You know, I think that that's a pretty crucial thing in terms of picking a team. Um, unfortunately, there is not a Chicago team. But, um, you know, and then I'll obviously go over a little bit about, you know, each team or, you know, a couple of the teams, too, um, as we go over it. So and I'm, I'm basically what I'm doing right now for those that can't see, um, you know, I am showing Ben the uniforms or whatever so he can get a feel for maybe a team that he'd like to root for as the USFL is going on. And maybe we'll cover that in future episodes. So so real quick. Um... I, I do I've uh, I do know a bit about it. I actually watched uh, they they had their little supplemental draft probably two months ago. Um, I watched it. I followed it with the picks. Obviously, I'm going to be a Philly Stars fan. Okay. Um, but I already don't have high hopes for the USFL just because of the draft. 
I'm sure yeah. he'll be fine, but um, and, and, you know that this is coming from a stupid college kid. But like the they had they had um they had their supplemental draft and in the way that the quarterbacks came off the board was just terrible. Like <laughs> the guys, they're they're like Shea Patterson. I think was the number one overall pick to the Michigan okay. Panthers, and that's terrible. Shea Patterson being the number one overall uh, pick is is dog water <laughs> i'm just gonna i'm gonna say i mean there are like guys who have like played some in the nfl who got drafted behind shea patterson um and just real quick for those who didn't watch that uh their draft was really interesting because it went uh it was i think it was three days but they did it by like they had like 28 rounds or something like that but um for each of the rounds each of the eight teams had a pick but each round was like a designated position. So round one, you could only take a quarterback. Round two, you could only take an offensive lineman. Round three, you could only take whatever. And then if they didn't like somebody in that position, then they could just like not pick and then get uh, a pick in a different round. But in all honesty, I like that. Yeah, no, I I just wanted to note, I like that format um, of a draft. But that's strictly for a league that's just starting out. So, like, clearly it wouldn't yeah. work out for the NFL. But I just like how they handled everything because it's like, you know, everybody gets a clear shot at something. You know what I mean? But, mm-hmm. yeah, um, without further ado, I'm, I'm going to go through a little bit. Um, you know, we're going to start with, you know, the Michigan Panthers. Um, they have, you know, the gold, the maroon, and, you know, the, the baby blue, basically. Uh, for their colors and everything, and, you know, pretty solid uniforms. Um, I, I like, like the it. Panther on the side. I like it, um, you know. I think so, they're my favorite. Yeah? Uniform-wise. <laughs> um, I I beg to differ, I think, maybe. I'll have to go through them again. Okay. But, um, you know, just a little bit about the Michigan Panthers. Head coach Jeff Fisher um, for these Michigan <laughs> Panthers. He had multiple stops in the NFL as a head coach. Um, and like you said, they also have Shea Patterson and Paxton Lynch in their quarterback room. So just a little bit about them. Moving on is the Tampa Bay Bandits. And this is the team I, I'm kind of keeping a tab open for um, because head coach Todd Haley is best known for being the offensive coordinator for the Steelers from 2012 to 2017. And I don't know if you know this or not, or if you remembered. But do you know who's on this team? His name's John uh, Franklin the third. Yeah. <laughs> yep. From Last Chance U. Yep. He's uh he's well, on this team. And he reason... also had a couple st- pit stops too in in the NFL. But you know, the reason that I I I think this would be my number two team uh, just because of the quarterback that they have back there. This is the guy I thought should have been. By far and away, the number one quarterback. Um, they have Jordan Tayamu. I don't know how many people um, know who he is, but uh, Jordan Tayamu, I think he was at uh, Mississippi or Old Miss, um, but he was at Old Miss, I think it was three, it was either three or four years ago. He killed it at Old Miss. Um, I loved him at Old Miss. Um, and then he, I think he was like a practice squad player for the Bills or something. Okay. Um, and then he like lit it up in the XFL. He was one of the XFL's best quarterbacks. And then this is what this league, this league is almost the next XFL as well. 
but I love Jordan Te'amu, and that's why I think this will probably be uh, my second team. Yeah. Jordan Te'amu's mm, love that. Guy. For those that aren't looking, um, it's it's red, black, and like almost a silver grayish color. Um, and, you know, that's kind of like a cowboy riding on a horse is their logo. Um, I like the uniforms, uh, but they kind of mm-hmm. bring back the longest yard for me. So, um, yeah. you know, I, again, keeping a tab open on them, but, um, for the next few teams, there's nobody really huge that kind of stuck out to me. Um, you might differ just because, I mean, you know, a little bit more about the draft players or whatever than I do, but moving on is the new Orleans breakers. And this is the team, in my opinion, that I think has the best uniforms. Really? I really like the blue. Okay, so for those not looking, um, New Orleans has uh, almost, it looks like a wave and like a seagull almost uh, for their logo. And um, it's all like a baby blue and then like a darker blue and then white. And it's just like, I like this, like the colors. This is cool. Um <laughs> So, yeah, I don't know. Can you tell us a little bit about New Orleans by chance? Uh, the only thing I really know is is uh, their quarterback, his name is Kyle Slaughter, which is an awesome last name, but it's like slot ER, so not Slaughter, but Slaughter. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know much about him. He went to Northern Colorado, and, and um, it's weird because, like, for their positions, they were stuck picking at either one or eight in each round. So either have, like, a really good position – or not a really good one. And that's why they got like Kyle Slaughter because they picked eight in the quarterback round. So they were kind of stuck with picking uh, one of the lesser known <laughs> guys there. So uh, moving on is your Philly stars. Um, At least I'll be I hate their colors. You. It's dark. It's trash. Uh, yeah. No, nah, I was, I was going to say um, for those of you that live in the region, um, you know, it reminds me of river forest. And that's just nothing but bad memories for me. So uh, just kind of ruling this one out altogether. Um, but, yeah. you know, it well, is your favorite team, though. Real quick, uh, their mascot, too, is a um, very scary person. I think you should. <laughs> I think you should. Um... <laughs> the Philly Stars? Yeah. Yeah. Look up. Look up their mascot. All right. Looking it up right now. The Philly Fanatic. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> he's dude that is straight up nightmare material man it's nightmare fuel dude yeah <laughs> holy cow yeah nah yeah. I'll, I, they yeah nah okay They're, that's enough of that anyway yeah um uh, I'll, I'll skip that one yeah yeah he their, their quarterback his name is uh brian scott he played um played in the cfl for a little bit um he kind of was on the back end of the rosters i know he's on the back end of the rams roster for a little bit um and then there's a thing called the spring uh, the spring league football that's like um a semi-pro spring uh thing and he was the best quarterback in the spring league uh but i mean who watches spring league football (laughs) (laughs) all right so if you're not looking um philly's colors is uh so their primary color is red um, and then they're also rocking white and gold. So almost like a McDonald's colored team. So very weird. <laughs> but anyway, moving on to the Pittsburgh Maulers. Um, I, this is a new colors, but I actually kind of like it. like it. Yeah, <laughs> it's um, 
So for, you know, those of you that aren't necessarily looking right now, the Pittsburgh Maulers um, are orange and purple and white, and it's just kind of out there and different. It almost kind of reminds me of the Broncos, but the Broncos are in more of a navy blue. Um, yeah. But I, I guess just the style of the jersey or whatever just kind of reminds me of them. Um, and then the Maulers, it kind of resembles like almost like a construction worker with a sledgehammer. Uh, it looks like a hard hat or whatever. Um, yeah. Do you know anything about Pittsburgh or should we just move on? Uh, yeah. Well, I paid attention mostly to their quarterback rounds. That's why. I, okay. uh, but this is, this is one of the guys, Jordan Tayamu, and in the quarterback that they have are like the two guys that I would were like really, really shocked didn't go before uh, Shea. But it made sense that Shea got picked to the Panthers. We'll get there. Um, but his name is Kyle Liletta. And he, I think he went to Richmond. Um, he went to, <laughs> he went, he went to Richmond. Um, and uh, he, he killed it uh, at Richmond. And then I remember uh, watching him in the senior bowl. I don't think he won senior bowl MVP, um, but he killed it in the senior bowl at Richmond. Um, and then he was a backup quarterback for the giants for a few years. He did fine, but. He couldn't really uh, stick somewhere, but again, he was one of the guys that like actually has pro experience that I was really, really shocked that um, didn't get taken before uh, Shea. Okay. Um, moving on is the Birmingham Stallions. This is a nice, nice team. I think uh, just, just the colors and Jersey and everything. It's just like, this is, this is nice. Um, if you're not looking it's another one of those like, you know, horse based, you know, uh, logo. Um, they've got like almost a, a, almost a cream color helmet with a red stripe down the middle and white is their other color. Um, oh man, I like these uniforms. I don't know what it is, but they're standing out to me and I like it. Um, they're, they're just, they're, they're clean. Yeah. Go for it. What, what do you got for, for the Birmingham Stallions? Yeah. And then, and then, oh my goodness, um, I can't make an argument for for this guy, for their quarterback to have been taken over Shea Patterson, but I I, I loved him. His name is Alec Magoo. What a <laughs> what an awesome last name. I think he went to FIU, Florida International University. Okay. Um, he he was meh, but he he played in the, uh his backup quarterback for I think it was the Jaguars because I I followed him because I really liked him. Uh, he was a backup quarterback for the Jaguars for a little bit, uh, and then the Texans for a little bit, and now now he's the starting quarterback here. But the main reason I knew him is because the Eagles played the Jaguars in um, the preseason game like two or three years ago. Okay. And he just, I mean, he freaking lit us up. <laughs> so that's, so that's, why, that's why I like him. I like him. I think uh, I like Alec Magoo. <laughs> I like the last name Magoo. It's cool, right? It, it's it's a phenomenal last name, Magoo. Uh, throwing it back to um, you know throwing the last. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> uh, so okay, yeah. Uh, taking it back, I should say, uh, <laughs> to you know the longest yard uniforms. Basically, uh, we got the Houston Gamblers coming up next. Um, basically the same colors as Tampa Bay in that you know grayish. Uh, red and black colors but then they also have almost like a bluish color when it comes to the pants um, I don't really know how else to explain that so you guys will have to um, you, you know look that one up but 
uh, I, I kind of like this one too. I mean, it kind of throws me back to when I used to play for Rensselaer and that's kind of what the, the uniforms reminded me of. So I don't know what you got for us as far as Houston. Uh, <laughs> so not, not the same Jim Kelly, uh, a different Jim Kelly, but ironically the same, same, same team here. Uh, but he, um, I think their quarterback is named Jim Kelly. Hold on. Nope. Coming out of retirement, baby. Coming out of retirement. No. Um, but he was, uh, I think he might be the general manager for this team. And I think he was also offered a job in the front office of the bills. And I think he said no. And, uh, <laughs> and decided to be the, um, the, uh, uh, the general, yeah, the general manager for the gamblers. So he literally snubbed the bills and was like, nah, and, and, um, is now the general manager. He's a front office person for, uh, for them. And then their quarterback is Clayton Thorson. He, um, I think he played at Northwestern a couple years ago. Like I said, back of quarterback, he played for the Eagles. He was pretty trash, to be honest. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So moving on to the last team, the New Jersey Generals, Um, another red, black, and white team. Uh, They got the gold accent, though, for kind of like the stars that they have for their helmet um, or the logo, I should say. But, um, you know, I one thing that I'll say really quick before, you know, I, I let you kind of have your piece here with, you know, the rest of the, you know, I guess lineup. Um, I mean, there's a lot of red, white and black here. And it's just like, dude, I mean, there's no variety in colors, man. I mean, Tampa Bay's got the same ones. Um, you know, Philly's got a little bit of red and white. You know, you have. Birmingham with red, white, and gold, and then Houston with red, white, and gray, and blue, kind of, and then, you know, New Jersey with red, white, and black. It's like, dude, and then all of a sudden, there's Pittsburgh out of nowhere with orange and purple, so it's like, okay, you know, um, what can you tell us about New Jersey really quick before I think I might have picked my team? <laughs> um. So their quarterback, his name is Ben Holmes. Holmes, I think is how you pronounce it. Um, I again, I don't know much about him. He played at like Nassau Community College. Um, I I'm gonna be honest. I I don't know. <laughs> I I think he played in the spring league as well. Um. Yeah. Cool. I, I, I don't know much about this guy. I'm gonna be honest, but. Yeah, their quarterback is Ben Holmes. There you go. <laughs> All right. So what I will do on my screen is kind of do it, uh, choose my team through process of elimination. Mm-hmm. Um, we are going to cross out the Jersey Generals. Don't blame me. We're crossing out the Houston Gamblers. I like the Stallions. That's a pretty smooth you know it, it it's cool i like the birmingham stallion so i'm gonna keep them open real quick pittsburgh i like it just because of the variety in uniform so it's are you like just doing cool. it by like uniforms almost um there's a little bit oh my god crossing out philly for the love <laughs> of god yeah uh anyway um yeah so i mean i kind of want to go off of uniforms just because it's like i don't really know about too much 
Um, I think it's definitely, oh, dude. Be a bandit, be a bandit, be a bandit. No, no, here's the thing. Okay, I will tell you this here. I'm going to cross out Birmingham, even though I like the uniforms, but it's like, whatever, okay? I'm going to cross out Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh Maulers, um, just because, you know, whatever. Uh, Pittsburgh, all the best. I like the uniforms, but no. Mm -hmm. That brings us within three teams. And the three teams, in my opinion, that have the cleanest uniforms is New Orleans with the blue, white, baby blue. Uh, mm-hmm. The Tampa Bay Bandits, which I just like John Franklin. And that would, that's, that's really what's holding me back. Um, and then Michigan Panthers. I mean, you know, what is there not to like? <laughs> Honestly, it, dude, the uniforms, it's just, oh, dear God, like. And, and the colors, I mean, you have more of a maroon colored red when and the white and everything. So that's, you know, one thing. But dude, New Orleans with just this blue in the, I mean, it's hard to eliminate one, but I'm crossing out Tampa Bay, but I'm still going to mm. root for John Franklin. Uh, we're going to establish that right now. I'm rooting for John Franklin just strictly because of John Franklin and Last Chance U. I mean, that guy... I've been rooting for him ever since I watched the show and everything. It's just like, why wouldn't you? Um, he's got, John Franklin. Yeah. Yeah. A little fun fact for you. You remember what position he played? Uh, it was either wide receiver or cornerback. It was cornerback. Yep. Corner. He played corner. Yeah. He's a very universal player. And that's what I like about him too. He, he strives for any kind of playing time. And I can relate to that to a certain extent. <laughs> now it comes down to the, I mean, Oh my god. Ah, dude, it's Michigan and New Orleans. And if you guys don't remember, Michigan was the gold, maroon, and baby blue and white team that we covered first off. And it's just ah. mm. Yeah, now I'm sorry New Orleans. I'm going to be I'm going to join the Michigan Panthers bandwagon. Um, the quarterback room is just too good to, you know, kind of, kind of knock off. You know what I mean? Uh, I, I think, I mean, as far as big names and stuff like that goes, um, and then, you know, you have Jim Fisher as your head coach, which is probably one of the most qualified at the position, in my opinion, um, you know, at least for the USFL. So give me the Michigan Panthers as my team. That's who I'm going for. Clean uniforms what is there not to like about that Jay patterson <laughs> and he was a michigan boy so i want to be called a homer or nothing yeah I, that's the only reason that he got that's the only reason he was the first quarterback taken off the board is because he went to school at michigan and they were a yeah. michigan team Shea patterson oh mm, mm. <laughs> I, don't, um, I don't like him yeah no i don't you know uh let's see Okay. Yeah. I mean, you know, Michigan, honestly, I mean, I don't know. I guess that it's more of like a homey team. You know what I mean? Like it's closer to home, you know? So it's like, okay, that makes sense. Uh, But it is my first Michigan team I've ever rooted for, which is very weird. Uh, I mean, you know, Detroit, no. And then just Michigan as a whole, no, but like, whatever. Hey, well, what about Michigan? (laughs) No, nah, I'm an Ohio State boy. You know what I mean when it comes to college football. So, no, I don't. Um, Michigan Panthers, 
let's go anyway Mm -hmm. uh lastly that that's gonna segue us into our next segment uh Debo Samuel is asking for around 25 million dollars per year in an extension if you guys listen to I think one of the previous podcasts hold on I I don't want to I don't want to cut you off because this this topic right here uh transitions really well into our next subject so I don't want to uh let you get too far into it Mm -hmm. uh and believe me guys stay tuned for next week's episode where I'm going to talk about it a little more uh but for some reason Trayvon Walker is like number one on like half (laughs) the team's boards oh Um, yes we didn't get a chance to talk about that yeah yeah um due to time restraints um i'm not gonna talk about it on this episode next episode um i'll draft it's pretty much what it's gonna be uh so watch out for that um but i uh, it aggravates me that he is number one Ooh, ooh, Lord knows, <laughs> Lord knows, and and a lot of people like him, but I just have have too many gripes with him. I would say I'm significantly lower on him than, than the consensus. Um, but just you know, it's a little, a little tease for next episode. Stay tuned <laughs> if you guys want to hear me pop off um, about Trayvon Walker for about ten minutes. But I'm yeah. sorry, didn't didn't mean to cut you off there. Oh no, you're fine. Yeah, no, you're you're all good. But uh, so yeah, basically he wants twenty five million dollars. Uh, Debo does, um, in an extension. And honestly, I mean, he deserves that. As but he yep. yeah, um, you know, if, if anybody watches baseball or knows baseball terms, Debo Samuel is, I mean, the definition of a utility player when it comes to football. So, um, since then, head coach Kyle Shanahan will listen to anyone that wants to talk trade. According to a league source, they're willing to trade anyone for the right price. Um, you know, other than Debo, AJ Brown, Terry McLaurin, and DK Metcalf all seem likely to have fe- some calls fielded about them before the draft. And league sources say that they wouldn't be surprised if at least one of them are moved by or during the draft. Um, so basically what we're doing for this week is we're doing trade scenarios for McLaurin, Brown, and Samuel. Um, and if you guys want any kind of scenarios about, you know, DK Metcalf, uh, go ahead and listen to last week's episode because I got, I got the hookup for you guys. So no worries. Um, but this is what's going to move us into our next segment. Um, you know, I crave crafted a little bit of uh, trade scenarios just to kind of, Tell Ben what my uh, what what the value of each receiver is in my book. Um, so yeah, um, Ben hasn't heard any of these yet. Um, so he's gonna probably critique me and argue with me. Yeah. Um, I'm looking forward to it. But yeah. yeah. It, to clarify too, by the way, guys, um, I'm just gonna be honest. We like to be like to be honest to our listeners. Um. We were definitely supposed to both make our own trade scenarios. <laughs> um, life right now for me is um, busy. Uh, so I just didn't get around to it. So Yeah, trust me, uh, dude. But, I, I totally get it. Yeah. yeah well, Ryan pulls through with it. He's, he's great. But let, let's we we're very flexible with each other. And that's what I really appreciate mm-hmm. about this podcast. But um, going into it, we're going to start off with Terry McLaurin. Um, 
before I get into any receiver, I do want to note that I don't trade these players specifically to any team. Um, you're, I mean, just, you know, it's more so some teams that, you know, just need wide receiver. But I'm, what I'm saying is I only have three scenarios for each player and not all of them are say going to have a trade to the bears or a trade to say, you know, the Eagles or the saints or something like that. Right. Um, just wanted to let you guys know. So not all the bears fans is going to get McLaurin Brown or Samuel. It's just going to, you know, break, break it down like that. So starting things off, uh, Terry McLaurin to the Packers. Um, I have the Packers trading a first round pick, pick number 28, and third round pick number 92 for McLaurin. Is that an is that an overshot? Uh I, I, I can explain I, too. I think so. Um, well, hear me out here. I think we me and you have both consensus consensusly been higher in wide receivers and have been willing to give up more for a wide receiver than what the NFL would. Um, like I would give a pick 15 without a question of a doubt for DK. Um, I don't think the Eagles would like, so me and Ryan have consistently been, I would give up uh, what was the pick you said? Um, 28. I would give up 28 for him. I just don't know what his value around the league is because if Adams and Tyreek Hill went for first-round picks, I don't know if a team would be willing to give a first-round pick for McLaurin. Would I? Absolutely. Do I think his value is there? Absolutely, because he hasn't played with a good quarterback and still has produced, I mean, Pro Bowl numbers, but um, – I wonder what the rest of the league thinks his value is. That's the thing. I mean, strictly for this, it's yeah. it's not only that. It's the fact that it's a late first-round pick. Mm-hmm. I mean, the Packers have two first-round picks. In this situation, they would still walk away with one. And, you know, they're giving out a later-round pick anyway. So they could secure other needs in the first and second rounds and still be able to, you know, get a pretty solid receiver to, you know, pair with Aaron Rodgers after the departure of Devonte adams um speaking of teams that need wide receivers though oh Here. just kidding <laughs> real quick wouldn't it be really really funny if they used the first round pick that they received for, for Devonte adams to trade for another wide receiver oh yeah <laughs> no be that'd funny. be dumb i don't know but anyway i have mclaurin potentially going to the chiefs um i like that the Chiefs would trade a first-round pick, pick number 29, a third-round pick, uh, pick number 94, and a future sixth for McLaurin. Uh, so this is basically, you know, just identical to the Packers, except it's slightly less of, um, you know, value-wise when it comes to picks. So I threw in a future sixth just as kind of like a sweetener. Um you know, obviously they'd still walk away with just about as much, but um, I think that this is a pretty solid one as well. Yeah. If I had to pick fit wise, um, I, and, and if I had to make a trade and I had to pick fit and everything else, I would probably um, put him on the chiefs. I mean, yeah. I mean, he, he, he fills a need. He fills a fast, speedy wide receiver and, um, he just fits really well in the offense. I would love, I would 
I'm all for it. Okay, so this next trade, um, this team holds nine picks in the top 38. So Washington kind of pushes a team that struck out on every opportunity that they've had this offseason, and the Jets are going to trade a first-round pick, pick number 10 for McLaurin and a fifth-round pick. That's a lot. That's a lot, but it's it's going to come at that steep price because New York knows what they're getting in McLaurin, and they're just not willing to be outbid in the situation. If I'm New York at that point, I'm drafting Jason. Um, <laughs> that's just me, but that just that is, that is such high value, and and realistically, like it's hard for me to see them do that because there was a rumor that came out that the Jets offered uh, the tenth pick for DK. Um, and then it was that rumor didn't, didn't actually exist, but it did, it didn't. So we don't, we don't actually know the validity behind that and whether that actually happened or not. Um, but the, like, there's no way they, I would be surprised if they give up the 10th pick for DK. Mm-hmm. I don't think they'd give up. I, I like, again, I like the team fit and the idea behind it, but I think 10, I think realistically, if that were to happen, they'd probably trade back and then give um kind of like the leftovers well well trade 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 back in the first round so move, move from like 10 to i don't know suppose cal hamilton is at 10 uh and the eagles want to jump the commanders for for him you know okay. they trade the 15th and a third for him and then they trade that 15th pick for him or something i still think that's a little steep but if the jets were to trade a first round pick for him it, I would be surprised if it was for 10. They'd probably trade back and then trade that that okay. uh, one pick for him. But. See, okay, so this next trade isn't for McLaurin. We're moving on to A.J. Brown, but we are staying in New York. Um, we are staying with the Jets, um, and we are staying with that first-round pick, the pick number 10 for A.J. Brown in a fourth. So it's no longer a fifth, it's a fourth. And I what the reason... I'm saying that is because of AJ Brown's health issues. Um, but at the same time at pick number 10, Tennessee is going to get a solid option at wide receiver. And, yeah. you know, just to kind of replace that. So that's why, that's why I gave up so much and jets. Same reason. I mean, they've swung and missed on everything, you know, so, you know. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm going to be honest. It's, I, it's it's the same that I said. I just think I think ten, uh, for a wide receiver that you're gonna have to pay that much money is just so extraordinarily much that I at that point I, I'm spending my first my my tenth overall pick on Jameson or on Garrett Wilson. Okay. Um. Okay. So as far as AJ Brown goes, I think that uh this is a target for the Bears, um, mm. just because he's kind of a bigger you know, wide receiver, and he has proven that he can be a wide receiver one. Um, I think if you pair him up with Darnell Mooney, that would be pretty good. That's why I put him here. Um, So in this scenario, the Bears would trade a 2022 second round pick, pick number 49, a future second round pick, and then a future fourth round pick for A.J. Brown. Yeah, that value, I think is spot on. I think, I think that, that, you're gonna um, hate me next pick or next trade, but you know. <laughs> I think that's spot on. 
Um, in this scenario, the Bears still keep their top pick in the draft. Yeah. Um, you know, they, they skip out on a second round next year, but you know, your head is fourth is where I was at though. That's my only concern about the bears making a trade up or a trade for a player is what you guys have like five picks or something. Right. It just, you guys have such limited cap or draft capital mm-hmm. that, um, I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. I just you guys don't have a lot of it, so we'll yeah. we'll we'll see what you guys end up doing with it. We'll see. Uh, we'll see how good Ryan Pace is. Or um, <laughs> polls, dear God. Yeah. Anyway, um, yeah. my thing is, and I'll move on after this. Um, if you're gonna see the Bears trade for any player, um, if they're not trading back, it's gonna include future picks. It's just explanatory. Mm. Um, they want as much draft capital as possible. If they can pull any picks out of this deal, they're going to. Um, but this is such a clear, you know, obvious upgrade that, I mean, for AJ Brown, it's like, holy cow. Yeah, for sure. If he can stay healthy too, you know, that's, you know, even better. And you have the cap. Right. Yeah. That's the thing. So, you know, that's another thing, but um, now for your Eagles to take a swing, you're going to hate me. Um, Eagles are only giving up their 18th pick, their 18th mm-hmm. overall for AJ Brown and a seventh. Um, geez. would you give up that 18th overall pick for AJ Brown and a seventh round pick? I think, I think <laughs> I would, I, I would only, mm, it depends on who's on the board. It depends. It, it really depends on who's on the board. Um, I, I, I would obviously talk myself into it. Um, and you know, if any Eagles fans are listening, they're like, you stupid idiot. Um, but again, <laughs> if I can get Jamison at 15, I'm going to, no way. I, I, I like him. I, I know. Uh, that's well, the thing. Teams are lower on him, which is weird again. Like, and, and, and that's the thing when it comes to draft. Um, wait, hold on a second. They're saying that he could be the first wide receiver taken in Atlanta. Is close to at Atlanta, and this is what I'm saying. We we don't know. Like I've seen that, and I've seen him fall to pick 25. Yeah. We have no clue, and it's because of his injury. And we, I, I, and and realistically, I think he, he probably goes in. I think he probably goes at 11, which sucks. Um. So in this situation, then we're just gonna roll with the fact that he's gone. Are you taking this when you're on the clock? Well, again, it depends on is Drake London there? Is I think he could Aaron be Wilson there. I don't think he there, will be. If no, I don't think so. If if Drake London's there, see this is this is shoot. This, this is, is your hard. boy. Yeah. It's just it's so much. It's we're gonna he has to have so I, much hey, money. Somebody no, clip I'm, this I'm, I'm too when he makes his decision. Yeah, because the watch him make the trade, right? No, um, no, no. I'm <laughs> saying if if one player doesn't pan out as good as the other player, you're gonna look really stupid, and I'm gonna cherish. Well, of that course, <laughs> no. I think, well, I think realistically, AJ Brown is probably better than Jameson or Garrett or Drake London, but one commands a lot more money. Yeah. Um. As of right now, I'm. Well, that's my thing. Like, if I if, if my draft pick turns out to to be that good 
then I'm going to have to pay the $25 million anyways that I would have paid for, for him. So can I make a quick comment really quick mm -hmm. out of the three players that we're going to talk about, you know, McLaurin, uh, Brown and Debo. um, I mean, I think AJ Brown is like the, the closest to staying on his team than the other two. Uh, I would push back on that. I think it'd be McLaurin just because they traded for Carson. Um, I think so if they get the right deal that he's gone, but you know, yeah, but I, I, again, I, I think we'll, we'll see how the NFL values him. I'm going to put my foot down. The only player, the only player that I would trade 18 for is DK. Um, I would, I do, do I think, do I think Debo, uh, is on the level of in worth 18 yes um but i i haven't seen enough from the eagles um coaching staff to tell me that they could use debo in the right way because debo is again so much more than a wide receiver here he's a wide receiver let me let me stop you right there because you're segueing perfectly into this next trade so for debo i find debo a much much more valuable wide receiver Mm -hmm. and so I have him going to the Eagles for two first round picks, uh, pick number 15, uh, the 2023 first round pick from New Orleans, a fifth and a seventh. Nope. Not His a value shot. is through the roof. His through value the roof is not even that. Nope. Don't care. Not even. He's that's dude. That's what Devontae and Tyreek Hill went for. He's good though, man. I'm I understand you. he's good and he's young, but Tyreek Hill went for three first round picks. And, and we're not trading, and again, I can't, we were not trading next year's first. We, we, we have two firsts in next year's draft for a quarterback. Um, I, 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 would I trade 18 for Debo? Uh, I, I think Debo's worth 18. Again, as an Eagles fan, I'm not, I, I wouldn't do it because I just, we haven't seen enough from the coaching staff. I'm not going to say the coaching staff couldn't, but we, we haven't seen enough to this point. Uh, for me to be convinced that like, yeah, these guys can use Debo in the proper way. So I'm going to say no to Debo to, to, to uh, using a first round on Debo. Um, again, uh, the only person I would trade a first round pick for, for Debo, or the only person I trade the, the 18th pick for would be for DK. Okay. Um, so for the Jets, um, <laughs> I, I still feel like any trade that they're involved in is going to be highway robbery. Um, and so for Debo, they're going to trade a first round pick, which is pick 10, um, a 2022 second round pick 35, um, two future seconds and a sixth round pick for Debo. I think, I think it's reasonable for, I mean, I think if they're going to, if any team's talking to New York, they're like, yeah, cool. Give me a bunch of picks. Cause you got plenty, <laughs> you know, and in this situation, I mean, they have nine picks in the first 38, and they're only giving up two. So, I mean, you know, they'd still have seven within the first 38. They still have plenty of room to improve and stuff like that, but they're still giving up two future seconds and a sixth afterwards. We'll see because rumor had it um, they were in on um, the Tyreek Hill um yeah deal but Tyreek Hill shut shut it down Tyreek Hill's mm-hmm. like nah I'm not gonna dude it's the Jets the like or for the uh for the Jets um uh, so 
And if I'm Debo, realistically, I'm going to say, screw you. I'm not going to play for you either. Like, right. <laughs> um, again, I, I think. I It'd think have to be you... like a post-draft like trade type deal if Debo's going to New York, just because I personally, if, if I'm the athlete, I'm wanting to see how their draft goes before I make any decisions about my future going there. I don't, I don't care how the draft goes. I, we, I've hit and missed on so many different players. Like, uh, was it last two years ago? It would have been two years ago. The Jets drafted a safety in the second round out of Cal. His name is, At, I think it's Ashton Davis. I loved Ashton Davis. And it would have been like, at the time, people graded it well. I graded it well. And Ashton Davis, do you even know who Ashton Davis is? No. Like exactly, um, I, and again, I don't want people to think I'm poo pooing on you. I, I I just think I think you value him more than what NFL teams are willing to give up. And, okay. and the rumor came out that the jet again that the Jets didn't like the Jets did not offer ten for DK. Uh, like they're like there's that that didn't actually happen. And again, I think out of the four players, I could be again. It's all about personal preference. Um, I don't know. I think DK is better. Mm. DK and Debo are on the same. Okay, Debo is better than DK. I don't know. Well, well, I, I, I still think you value him a little bit more than what the NFL would, but we'll see how that goes. But for a team desperate for a wide receiver, I mean, you know, they have to they have to give up a lot, you know, so it would make sense. Right. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. The last trade for Debo is the Chiefs, which is nightmare scenario. I mean, <laughs> that's awful. Uh, yeah. In this situation, the Chiefs would be giving up a lot. Uh, two first-round picks, which would be 29th and 30th. Um, a second, which is 62nd overall. And then a fourth, 135th for Debo. He could be an untouchable wide receiver right now just because, I mean, I think his I, – I, I'm – telling you man i think his uh values through the roof but you know i um i should have mentioned this when we talked about it for for mclaurin um for anybody that doesn't really know the switch situation when it comes to uh the three that we're talking about today and the one we talked about last week in dk aj mclaurin and debo um they're all like rumored to be on the trade market because their teams don't want to pay them the whatever they want um, and the whole reason that Tyree Kill got traded was because that the Chiefs, like the Chiefs, weren't going to pay him thirty million dollars. So the Chiefs, the Chiefs would be stupid to not pay Hill thirty million dollars and to pay Debo twenty five. I'm just, mm. I, I, I don't know. And we disagree what our value on on Tyree Kill is. Um, again, I think he, I think he's a top five wide receiver in the NFL. Um. It just again they they've shown that they didn't want to pay that high price for wide receiver, so I don't know if they would trade the high price plus pay the high price. I know we'll okay. see though, because but I but like you said, like they they do. I mean they're desperate for another wide receiver. I mean they need to get another it guy in the building because right now they have a washed Juju and a Travis Kelsey. So. I could see MVS baby. I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> all right. So we're going to have a slight discussion here. Um, you know, 
this one is highly debated upon, I mean, just across the league. Um, should referees be fined for bad calls? And you're shaking your head no. Um, here's the thing. I will say maybe. I think it all just depends on game scenario because we've had so many games as of like, I mean, just over the past few years where referees come out and apologize because they make the wrong call and stuff like that. It's like, dude, you're supposed to be the best of the best. This isn't, I mean, this isn't high school. This isn't college. You are officiating a NFL game when it comes down to it. um, I think without a doubt, the referee that backed into that bears player during the Steelers game last year should have (laughs) without a doubt had some kind of, um, you know, punishment, just because it's like, dude, what are you doing? You're clearly backing into him. The player had no intent of running into you, and you still threw the flag. Um, ultimately, in a situation like that, I believe so. But um, when it comes down to it, though, when it comes to certain calls, like um, let's take the Cleveland and Kansas City call from a couple of years ago. You remember that with the helmet to helmet thing and how he fumbled out of the end zone. Kansas City ended up with the ball. Um, um, no, I'm going to be honest. I don't. But one that we can use, that I think both of us would know, was the Saints and Rams one. Where that was, was a clear, clear pass. Of yeah, what I'm saying is. And they didn't. Okay. What I'm saying. Well, okay. Let's take. Um, okay. For those that are listening that uh, that remember the Cleveland play, um, one of the Browns wide receivers was diving for the pylon uh, for the end zone and would have had the lead in the Kansas City versus Cleveland uh, divisional oh. round game. And it ended in a helmet to helmet and uh, the ball ended up getting fumbled out of bounds in the end zone, which by rule means that Kansas City gets the ball. Um the controversy behind that is because, um, you know, it was clear it was helmet to helmet, but the question was, did that force the player to drop the ball? Um, now, in situations like that, I don't feel like, even though it was kind of like a, it, it could have been a game-defining call, it's such a close one mm-hmm. that it's, it's like, dude, you can't, I mean, I understand it's the playoffs, but when you're in the heat of the moment and everything, you cannot make that call in the certain amount of time that you're given. Now, when it comes down to it, like you just said, the pass interference call, that is one that I feel like is punishable or like the Steelers one, like, you know, that is one that I feel like is punishable. So in conclusion for my argument or whatever, and obviously I'll probably make counter arguments to yours, but um, it just depends on the game situation and what exactly happened to the you know on on the field during that play and you know the involvement that the referee had in it as well and 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 i like i like where your where your head is at um i'm i'm gonna have to go with no i i think the nfl needs to have a better um a better like review system on that um like like even if a team doesn't have like challenge flags or something like they should be able to um, kind of fight that. But like, I mean, I mean, these stuff happens so quick and so fast that it is so hard for somebody to make a judgment 
like based off of what they see in in as watchers, we get the luxury of being able to see stuff slowing down in slow mo and seeing the call. Um, Other angles as well, and, and that's what I'm saying. This stuff is so ticky taggy. So to 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 find a ref based off of like what he saw in the moment for a split second on a call, I think just isn't a good idea because again, we get to watch it. We get to rewind it. We get to watch it in slow motion. We get to, we, we get all these different luxuries to see this where, where they don't. I, and, and for that reason, I think there needs to be a, a better, and, and I, I, right now I can't offer up a solution, um, right. but there needs to be a better, a, a better way of being able to, to get those plays back or to be able to call them after they happen. But for them to call it as it's happening, it is so hard. Um, but like a sky cam or something, a, a sky ref to be able to be like, all right, you like that was really, really bad. You missed that. Um, but the flip the flip side to that, as an offensive lineman, I'll tell you, there, there are fouls that happen every single play that just don't get called. You're not going to call all of them because the thing is, is like you'll have fans just being like, oh, let them play, let them play, blah, blah, blah. And then you're also going to have like, oh, but you called that one, but you didn't call this one. It's like, all right, you know. Yeah, so it's – I'm going to go with no because, again, as again as viewers, we get the luxury of seeing stuff a certain way um, and for stuff to happen in such a split second. Um, it's so hard to see what, like, the refs are thinking and seeing where the refs were standing and what they saw. And um, Yeah. There's just too much that goes into it. Um I can understand so I'm gonna, that. I, I'm going to go to a down, certain, but yeah. Yeah. Let me play devil's advocate really quick. And then we get to move on to our most exciting segment. Um, so, you know, you said like, there's not really a way to, to access these other angles and stuff like that for cameras and whatever. Um, a listener could potentially say, okay, well, when it's challenged, um, and I'm not saying specifically from my point of view, because I already know the counter argument, but I want to see if you can get it. Um, just to cl- kind of clarify, people are saying, what's the use of, say, like um, one of those Microsoft Surface tablets where they get to see the different angles and whatever on a you know reviewable call? What's your take on that? Well, what do you what do you mean? So, okay, let's take the Pittsburgh call for, you know, just an example. That one was reviewed, and I don't remember if it was necessarily challenged, okay? If it was, then we'll just kind of throw that one out. Um, Or just take your normal everyday pass interference call that gets, you know. Yeah, the Pittsburgh and Chicago one where the ref backed into them. You know what I mean? Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't remember if that one's challenged, so I guess I'll just throw that one out. But let's just take like a normal no, I, everyday no, I, pass I, I interference. Mean, yeah, mm-hmm. let's take like a normal everyday pass interference call, right? Whether that one was up in the air or not. I mean, the referee saw it and stuff like that. Um, you know, but it, it is going to get reviewed in certain circumstances. Mm-hmm. Um, to people that ask, like, what's the point of the the, the surface tablets or whatever if you know they don't get the angles like what's your what's your counter argument to that well my thing is in in people forget like it's most of the time when it's when it's them reviewing a call it's not the guys that are on the field that are making the call it's it's guys i'm forgetting where 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 it goes to i think it goes somewhere 
New yeah, it goes to New York or something, and they're making the call. It's uh, the refs. I mean, they can they can put in their the guys that are on the field can put in their input in um like tell them what they think, but they're not. I don't think they're the guys making the final call. I could be wrong, but I don't think they're the guys making the final call on that. So for fans to blame these guys, be like, what 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 are they doing? Did they not see that? That's not on them. They're not. They're not making that call. Right. So I don't know. Yeah. No. I. I mean. I. I. Like I said, I agree to you know a certain extent. It just depends. Um. You know. I. Honestly. I mean, like I said, it just depends on the severity and the involvement of the referee in that certain situation. But um, I'm too excited. I'm too eager to get to this point. Uh, this is mm-hmm. this is our next segment. Ladies and gentlemen, we've been hiding this from you for, I, I want to say, about a month now. Um, <laughs> I mean, this is – well, hold on a minute. Let me see when I, I got the news or whatever that I could do this. But, Ben – I announce a lot of things on this podcast and I know how much the draft means to you. So if you would do me a favor and take the honors and announce to everybody what is going on. And then I will go more in depth about what we learned almost, almost a month ago. If it was a week later, then it would be a month ago, but you know, well, all right. Can I, do you want me to do draft night or do you want me to do next week in draft night? All of it, buddy. All of it. All right. Well, we are we are going to cover the draft live for you guys, uh, making our, um, you know, making putting in our thoughts and then telling you guys what we think. We'll we'll cover the whole thing from start to finish, um, live on draft night when when the draft starts, uh, eight o'clock Eastern time, for anybody listening. Uh, but me and Ryan are also going to be doing a trial run for that uh, next Thursday because Thursdays again are the days that we record. Um, so we're going to do a trial one for that on Thursday. Uh, we're doing live. Um, again, just hope, hope to see you guys all there. And, and if you guys can't make it to the live, um, they'll end up being posted and, and put on all the different uh, podcasting platforms that you guys listen to it on. Uh, but yeah, we, we hope to see you guys there. Yeah. So uh, this is courtesy of StreamYard. Um, this is used by, uh, if you follow me on Twitter, you know, um, there's a podcast that I listen to and appear on occasionally, um, which is called the on the mark wrestling podcast. And, uh, the, <laughs> the way that I, um, I, I guess, quote unquote, appear on that podcast is through comments. And basically, um, you know, the cool thing about this is that you can see all the comments and everything that are, you know, piled in from people that are viewing, um, from literally any streaming service that you can find um, or that I, that I made available. Now, Ben, what I did um, that, you know, I, I guess you didn't really notice yet um, was I made a Facebook page for the Pigskin Project. This is for my family and friends and stuff. And anybody else that could be listening on this that um, could, you know, be on Facebook, but we will be streaming it you know, our, our draft day stuff, it's all the same exact stream and it will all be featured on Twitter. It will be featured on YouTube and it will be featured on Facebook. Um, and I'm pretty sure that's it right now I, I might be able to do some more work and get some more platforms, whatever. Um, so basically the really cool thing about it is 
for the first time ever during a live recording and a live broadcast, we are able to interact with you guys on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, wherever you guys decide to listen, punch in a comment. We can answer any questions that we have, you know, gotten or whatever. Um, and, you know, we'll be able to do that in between, um, you know, draft picks or whatever on draft day as well as the week before, which is just next week. So when you guys listen to this, you guys will know, hey, you know, we will be streaming on, you know, Thursday, um, I would say around 8.30 p.m. Central Time um, for, you know, when we will be streaming, um, you know, for next week's episode. But, um, you know, as far as that goes, we've been so excited for this news. And oh my God, it's, it's so exciting to know that this is something that we can bring to you guys. Um, and it's almost like a thank you, you know, um, for, for all the support and everything that we've gotten so far. So uh, shout out to everybody. And, and I think that this is the beginning of something really, really good that we've got going for us. So there's that. Any final, any final comments or whatever before we move on? No, again, it, it, it'll be really fun to see you guys. Um, again, we, we would love to see you guys there, uh, interact with you guys. And like I said, from from probably I would say the three and a half hours the draft is me and Ryan are going to try to, at least for day one, for day one, um, yes. we're, we're going to try yeah. to uh, try, try, try to cover that for you guys. And again, ho- hope to see you guys there and hopefully we, get to talk to some of you guys (laughs) right yeah so um without further ado espn put out a article um regarding the 32 biggest questions including positions to target potential trades and teams to watch for you know the 2022 nfl draft and i figured maybe we should cover this um you know just because we're excited about the draft to just talk to you guys and everything for the first time um, so, you know, without further ado, we're going to start in the AFC East. Um, you know, it will probably briefly cover all of, you know, what they're talking about. Um, but you know, I'm not going to read like the big paragraphs or whatever. I'm just going to ask the question. Um, and Ben, you're going to kind of briefly answer. And if I have any kind of input on it, I'll give it to you. All right. All right. So without further ado, the Buffalo Bills, the question that is asked will be, will the Bills entertain the possibility of taking a running back in the first round because of their need in the backfield? Uh, no, they, they'll, they'll do it in the second is my guess. Um, there's not – the NFL does evaluate. Um, okay. I, they'll get this, this draft class is, is really good depth when it comes to running backs. Um, no, we'll do it in the second round, I think. Okay. Um, the Miami Dolphins. The Dolphins don't pick until one of the last selections of the third round, number 102 overall. What positions could they target there? Um, offensive line, linebacker, and D-tackle. Wow, okay. This man is on a roll already. <laughs> uh, New England Patriots. Now that the team has acquired Devontae Parker, could wide receivers still be in play or will another position be targeted at number 21 overall? Um, I would guess it would be another position. Um, I would guess probably quarterback. Okay. 
Uh, no, you know, I, I'm telling you, it will be quarterback. <laughs> All right. Finally, uh, the New York Jets. After an aggressive attempt to trade for Tyreek Hill, do you foresee a wide receiver being selected at number 10 overall? Or potentially traded, like we talked about previously tonight? Um, abs- ab- absolutely. The only reason I'm not going to say 100% yes is because they pick at number four as well. <laughs> but yeah. yeah. All right. Um, the AFC North, uh, which position – oh, wait, wait, yeah. Uh, the Baltimore Ravens, the question is, which position will the Ravens fill at number 14 overall, knowing they still need help in the trenches and that corner? The reason why I'm asking you this, too, is because it varies in each mock draft. So if you guys would like, please go and listen to those mock drafts. Um. It really just depends on the cornerback on the board. If the two, if if one of the top two CBs are there, then they're going CB. Um, if not, they're probably going to go to Bobby Wyatt. Okay. Since the Bengals upgraded their offensive line and free agency, what other position could they target at number 31 overall? Offensive line. <laughs> Seriously, okay. Oh, they would be stupid not to. I'm sorry. Um, okay. The, the, yeah. <laughs> so or for the Browns, quarterback with Eli Deshaun Apple, Watson maybe. now at quarterback for the Browns, is drafting a receiver early a possibility, or will general manager Andrew Barry look to add elsewhere? Uh, I love Andrew Barry. Uh, it has nothing to do with Deshaun Watson. Does everything to do with Amari Cooper? Um, I think they'll probably look elsewhere. You ready for my bold take here? Okay. They're going to trade back in the draft. Yeah. I guess when when is bold. their second? When, when is their, uh, their second round pick? Do they have their second round pick this year? Um, I think so. I know they don't have their first. Well, hold on a minute. Um, Hold on. One second. Yeah, they have pick 44 in the second round. Yeah, uh, I would guess defensive line. Okay. Um, for the Steelers, could the Steelers trade up for a quarterback or will they look to address another position in the first round? Um, I don't think they'll trade up, but I think they'll go quarterback. Yeah, somebody's going to fall to them. Yeah. Uh, for the Texans, with the number three overall pick, that are the Texans in best player available mode or will it be a pick to fill a need? Well, given the fact they need a uh, player at pretty much every position, they'd be dumb to not pick the best player available. So for the Colts, without a first-round pick, how do the Colts solve their need at left tackle? (laughs) Uh, They draft somebody in the second. (laughs) (laughs) Bold, Um, bold. This guy's swinging. (laughs) All right. Uh, for Jacksonville, Aiden Hutchinson is a favorite for the number one overall pick, but what should Jacksonville look for at pick number 33? Probably a line, right? It's, it's, well, it's so hard because it, it really just depends on who's there. Cause I mean, if there's not a tackle there that they don't like, um, I could see them going defensive line. I could really, I could see them taking a swing at edge if a David Ajabo or, um, Boye Mafe or uh, something crazy and George Karloftis falls. Um, 
I would say O-line, but I kind of like Walker Little, the guy who they drafted uh, last year. So I'm going to go with defensive line. Okay. Uh, For the Titans, wide receiver has been a hot mock draft pick for the Titans, but is offensive line more of a first-round target? (laughs) I think it should be. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go bold, and I've been in menu of making this mock in their draft before. I think it should be linebacker. Um, but yeah, offensive line should be more important than wide receiver. Um, what does an ideal early draft look like for the Broncos who don't have many on paper needs? Uh, where are they picking? Uh, let's see. Do they do, do, do they have a first round? Um, I know they're picking like last picking. Um, I know they're picking last pick in um in the second round. The second, but yeah, yeah. Um, give me just a second. Yeah, so they have sixty four. Yeah, that's their first pick is the sixty four in round two. Then they have uh, two thirds, two fourths, a fifth, a sixth, and then a seventh. Um, as for um, but we'll we'll go with their first two picks. We'll go with the last the last pick in the second round and a third round pick. Um, It really just depends on in no particular order. Yeah. And I keep, I know I keep on saying that, but um, in no particular order, I personally, I think I would probably do a linebacker and a um, tight end. So, I mean, we kind of already discussed this next one. Will general manager uh, Brett Veach and coach Andy Reid use picks numbers 29 and 30 or is a trade possible i think a trade's absolutely possible i think um, it's stupid not to i think it's possible but i don't think it it um i don't i don't think it'll will i, I don't think they will because uh, picking where they are they're at they could take a big big you know swing on players uh i kind of wanted to save this until next episode uh, but i think george pickens is going way higher than what everybody else thinks <laughs> um and, and them picking at 29 or 30 completely allows them to do that because his concern is his injury and they like their their gm has doesn't their gm can make picks like this because he's not worried about losing his job yeah. like he doesn't have to worry like oh if this guy doesn't pay now then like what's gonna happen um he, he he has the luxury to make uh high upside picks at 30 or at 29 and 30 that other gms don't have the luxury to do so i think they should stay and get two uh, high upside picks should the raiders go all in on the defensive side of the ball in this draft yeah no yeah I no was say, what? no <laughs> hmm. <laughs> Okay, explain. Uh, well, their defensive line doesn't need it. Um, I mean, again, they have Chandler Jones and in Max Crosby. Right. Uh, so right off the bat, you don't have to worry about that. But realistically, I think, I think they need to worry about wide receiver two, mm-hmm. because I guess they have Hunter Renfro, so they don't. Um, I need to worry about center because they don't have Rodney Hood and guard. But outside of center and guard, I guess you can say go all in a defense. Okay. Um, it feels like the offensive tackle. Oh, wait, we know. It feels like it is offensive tackle or bust for the Chargers in round one. But what other positions are in need for LA? 
defensive tackle. <laughs> Just plain and simple. Okay. Plain and simple. That's. Do you that's think Jordan Davis think. will still be there at seventeen? One of Jordan Davis or Devontae Wyatt, I think, will be there. Okay. Um, and then I don't think this is a hot take. Um, I think this is kind of catching on the draft committee. Um, I think they could. It, again, this is what Dallas did uh, like two years ago. I okay. think you could see them draft like a quicker, like a, like if Chris Olave is there or something, a quicker, twitchier wide receiver. I think we could see maybe go there as well. So moving on to the NFC and starting in your division, the NFC East, which positions could the Cowboys target early to replenish the talent lost on the roster? Um, the lines on both sides of the ball. Okay. Um, I, I think they would be really, really stupid to not go um, interior offensive line, whether that's Zion Johnson, Kenyon Green, or Tyler Linderbaum with their first pick and then uh, with their next pick, go with an edge rusher that they lost in uh, Randy Gregory. Okay, sorry. Holy cow. It's getting late, ladies and gents. Anyway, um, for the New York Giants, with three picks in the top 36, what could general manager Joe Schoen identify to build this roster the way that he wants to construct it? Um, God, this I is mean, a dream scenario for a GM. I mean, starting off. I... I, I, I have an old school thought behind this. I think football start and ends in the trenches. And uh, before anything else, you need to get the trenches right. So I think uh, offensive line, offensive line, offensive line, offensive line again, and, and, and then maybe defensive line. Um, I think we could probably see Sauce get picked with one of the early picks. But if we're talking about just draft philosophy, um, trenches on both on either side of the ball. All right, buddy. With two first-round picks, will the Eagles entertain the idea of selecting a receiver for the third consecutive year? Absolutely, they should. We have, but will we, they? We, yeah, they will. I'm not saying they like, like they sh- they will they will entertain the idea. I'm not saying they will make the pick, but will entertain the idea. Mm-hmm. We had this conversation off-air, ironically. Um, I hate that people are like they shouldn't because they. They shouldn't because they've already done it before. Well, who cares? It hasn't worked before. Is it a need? Yes. Then you take it in the first round. Right. But just because they've done it doesn't mean it worked. Um, but, yeah, they should. So where are the commander's biggest holes, and what could they look for in round one? Um, I think I've pretty much unanimously, unanimously been saying this. Uh, since the Carson Wentz trade, I think it should be a wide receiver and pick 11. Okay. All right. Treat me nice, man. Could the Bears mm-hmm. double dip at wideout in the second round to give Justin Fields more options? And just because I'm curious, I had another question after you're done. So, um, No, because I don't think there are going to be two wide receivers there that they like. Okay. Who is going to be that guy in your opinion? Because in every mock draft I have picked for the Bears, who is that guy? Because, I mean, in another point too, I mean, you know, there's one receiver that sticks out to me that just shines for another team. I mean, we've talked about this since we went to the Combine, and it's Jahan Dotson to the Packers. It's just the, the stars have aligned since day one for me. He's a Packer through and through. Is there a guy for a wide receiver for the Bears that shines like that? And if not, who is it? I've completely fallen off of that, by the way. 
there's no way Jahan Dotson goes in the first. Jahan Dotson goes in the first. Again, like I've said before, it's it's malpractice. I think at this point, I think there are too many wide receivers um, that are ranked ahead of him. And honestly, and kind of recently, I've been really on the George Pickens hype train. Um, Okay. I like George Pickens if he's there. Um, But again, I think GMs and front offices probably like George Pickens even more than we do. And uh, I think he'll probably go in the first. Okay. Um, I don't want to probably Christian Watson or Sky Christian Watson or Sky Moore would be my guess. Okay, I'll I'll take either one. Honestly, I liked both of them watching them in person. Um, Jared Goff is under contract for two more years, but will Brad Holmes entertain the idea of selecting a quarterback with either the number two or thirty-two overall picks? Um, no. Thank but you. He will. I think he will with um what do they pick at 36? They pick at 32 and number two. 32. I thought they had a is it is it 32? Yep, they got number 32 in the Jared Goff trade. Yeah, but I think they, they pick uh really high. I think it's like 34, 35, and yeah, yeah. Draft. They they pick just like literally like three draft picks after that, I think. Yeah, um, I don't think they will in the first round, but I think somebody will fall to him, and um, I think it's 35. Yeah, okay. I think somebody falls to him at 35, and I think they'll take him there. I think, now that we say something, I think it's the Jaguars and then, like, the Jets and then Detroit, or maybe it's Jaguars, Detroit, and then Jets or something like that. Yeah, they're, um, like, 35 or 34 or something like that. Yeah, all right. For the Packers, with two selections on day one, will general manager Brian Gutekunst abandon the organization's philosophy of not drafting wide receivers in the first round in order to replace Devontae Adams? Yes, he will, and he would be stupid to not. So you're saying he'll totally abandon drafting a wide receiver in the first? No, I'm saying they – no, so they haven't – so they have not drafted a wide receiver in the first round for a really long time. He's saying the, the the take is saying he they should abandon their draft philosophy of not doing that and should take a wide receiver. Oh yes, sorry, I read they that. They should, wrong. yeah, they should take a wide receiver in the first. Okay. Corner is an obvious need for the Vikings, but what are other positions? General manager, I'm not even going to attempt to say his name right now. It's too late. Yeah. Um, could try to take in the first round. No disrespect um, to the Vikings GM, by the way. Um, I'm sure what he's doing and what his game plan is for the Vikings is pretty solid. I just wanted to say it's a very, very tough name to try and pronounce right now. Uh, so like I said, absolutely no disrespect to him right now. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think they should, pro- I, I, I think just stick with the defense. Um, I, I, I think if you, if, if Hamilton falls that far, you take him. If, uh, there's a really good. It was a really good end. They should take him, um, Jordan Davis or Devontae Wyatt. That high is 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 a spicy take, but I can see it happening. Yeah. So. All right, you ready? Let's do. Okay, so we have two divisions left. I want to see what would happen if you were to speed run the next yeah. sixteen. All right. Yeah. So, for the Falcons, if the Falcons don't draft a quarterback in round one, where will they go? Wide receiver. Are the Panthers desperate enough at quarterback to draft one at number six overall? Yes. 
After trading to add another first-round pick, what two positions are ideal for the Saints to land in round one? Take as much time as you need for this one because of Matt. Uh, I don't I, – wide receiver and uh, offensive tackle. Okay. That's the same exact thing that ESPN said. Uh, yep. The Bucks drafted for future needs in early rounds last year. Will we see a similar strategy with Tom Brady coming back? Yep. <laughs> Uh, it seems like offensive line is a guaranteed first round pick, but is there any other direction that the Cardinals could go? Jordan Davis. <laughs> That's fair. Okay. Uh, the Rams don't have a selection until late in round three. What's the one position they have to hit on in this draft? Offensive line. I was going to say interior offensive line. Should the 49ers use early picks? They have two in round three to build around Trey Lance or plug holes in the secondary? That's a good question. Both. Both. Okay. Yeah, that's, I mean, you know. Uh, anyway, <laughs> with three picks in the top 50 selections, which positions need the most attention in Seattle? Uh, secondary, offensive, and defensive line. And that'll do it for that segment and last but not least we still have gridiron goofs to go buddy um and we're doing another draft this week i've been having fun with drafts so if this is a pattern just ignore it and just enjoy it um like we said before this isn't necessarily strictly football related at this point so we are doing best hype up songs and i'm i mean i think i get first round pick don't i no you got first before because you got popcorn Oh, you're right. Dang it. Okay. Okay. Well, go ahead. Let's see what you got. We, we, I don't know where your head's at, but we are going to take the clear and obvious answer here. Um, or did we, did we say what the draft was about? Yeah. Best hype up songs. Okay. Just okay. going to restate I, I it just in case. Okay. Sorry. Um, we're going to, we're going to go with the easy one. We're going to do Till I Collapse by Eminem. Okay. All right. That's cool. I, Man, dude, that's a good song. I didn't even think about that one. Yeah, yeah. Um, for the number two overall pick, we're doing Dreams and Nightmares by Meek Mill. I mean, all <laughs> I can remember is pregame for football, and that's all that we would just scream for the lyrics and everything. So um, my MacBook's at 27%. It reminds me of football. Uh, it's my football number if nobody really knows. Uh, anyway. Yeah, dreams and nightmares for all my Wheeler Bearcats out there listening. Um, we, we are, are doing five to... picks, by the way. Just yes, saying. Uh, stronger by Kanye. <laughs> okay, I'm going. Um, this the next option is a very actually the rest of my drafts. Ah man, you know what? No, I'm I'm going with one that throws me back to. My Rensselaer days. Um, if, if you guys have ever played at Rensselaer Central, you guys would know that they love their ACDC and their classic rock. So I'm going Thunderstruck <laughs> by ACDC. Okay. Um... Also, we're going to recap our own teams ah, here because I haven't been writing hard. yours down. This is hard. This is hard. This is a lot of Gosh, I only have two. No, I have three picks left. You have three. Yeah, we both good, have good, three. Good, good, good. All right. There's one I would be very surprised if you pick. So we're not going to do that. 
we will do six foot, seven foot. Okay. All right. So for mine, um, I don't know if anybody out there listens to Childish Gambino, but Bonfire by Childish Gambino makes me want to run through a wall every single time I listen to that song. So Bonfire. Okay. Um, my my go-to one, um, I don't feel comfortable saying the full name on air, but if you okay. guys know the song, uh, then you know the song. Uh, it's um, Explicit Word in Paris by Kanye. <laughs> How did I know that was the one? <laughs> Um, yeah, we're not saying that on air. Yeah, for so obvious reasons. Blank in Paris. Um, the boys in Paris. You know. Yeah, yeah, the boys in Paris. Um, so this next pick. Um, that was my go-to song. I freaking love that song. This this next pick is probably not well known by any means, unless you've played Guitar Hero in the past. <laughs> um, I love Guitar Hero, but there's also a hidden meaning too. Um, cult of personality by the living color. Um, I don't know if have you heard of that song? Well, I did play Guitar Hero, so okay, all right, all right. That's like okay, Legends of Rock was the best Guitar Hero of all time. Don't at me, uh, but yeah, Cult of Personality, please. Okay, but but you do know Cult of Personality, right? It sound familiar. Oh my god, dude, it's so good. Anyway, just continue on. You got one more pick. I still have to think about my fifth. There's so many songs I could plug in here. Do I go with mine? Do I go with everybody else's? Because if it was me, it'd be G-O-M-D, uh, That I love J. Cole. J. Cole's my favorite artist. Um, you should do Love Me Sexy. <laughs> Jackie Yeah, Moon. well, for the <laughs> boys, right? Um, yeah so many different things i could trust me man i i get it i get it there's so many different ways i could go here uh we'll do what's popping by jack Harlow. okay all right i don't know um i i don't know how many people listen to russ um i i want to make sure that i get the right one uh okay um i'm okay we can we can definitely list honorable mentions after this okay so that's what we're gonna do um for me i am gonna go ahead oh man it's literally between two songs um hold on give me give me just a second to think um oh my god yeah okay uh, throwing it back to my uh, my basketball days, uh, MVP by Russ is going to be my last pick. Um, and it's the last song by There's Really, or on the There's Really a Wolf album. Um, but I mean, it's it's just, I've, okay, I will be honest. Um, at the school that I was at, and I'm not going to say it just because the professionalism, um, there was a lot of, uh, Okay, you had your fifth pick, right? Yeah. Before. Yeah. Okay. Um, There's a lot of politics in, in the school, so I didn't get much playing time. And there's one line that stands out to me that Russ says 
Um, and by no means do I think I was a star player. Okay. I, there's no way that I would be called an MVP at that old school. Um, you know, but I do feel like there was a chance that I just wasn't given. Um, and so basically in that song, um, you know, he said, um, so, you know, how long are you going to put your best player on the sidelines or something like that? Let me find the, the thing. What, what are your honorable mentions in the meantime? Oh, my goodness, dude. I, I, have, I have so many. I, I could have went humble. I could have went uh, throwing it back a little bit to uh, still Dre. Um, I mean, we could have done Armed and Dangerous by Juice. Uh, I mean, I, I could have gone with a lot of different things. Um, geez, I wish I could find my old, uh, my old playlist. Did I, did I say Humble by Kendrick? Mm, uh, good. Black and yeah. Yellow by Wiz, Energy by Drake, Trophies by Drake. Oh, um, yeah. Some Main of the Year by Schoolboy Q. Uh, I don't know if you guys have heard this. This wasn't out when I was a uh, high school athlete, but if it was, I would listen. I I would have. It's not like a super hype song, and that's my thing. My my list would do hype songs, uh, but usually, like before games, I wouldn't listen to hype songs. I'd listen to songs that calm me down, so I can think about the game. Um, Right, it's the best way to go. But uh, bad man. Uh, I don't know if anybody has has listened to Bad Man. Um, I think it came out a couple months ago. It's 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 by Polo G, but it's it's a smooth criminal remix. Mm. It is. Oof. Yes. The uh the line that I was looking for in in the Russ song says, um, you know, only time will tell. But I keep feeling like it's my time. How long are you gonna keep your star player on the sidelines? But I'm the coach. Guess God is the owner. I guess I'm just waiting for that tap on my shoulder. Tell me to go in. I'm going to stop the game. Blow the whistle like Snowden. Um, young Terrell Owens. And then making noise. I'm still one of the greats, though. I never RIP. I want MVP written on my gravestone. And I was just like, dude, like, this guy's going off. And, I mean, he just keeps going, too. So listen to that song. Um, ben, do you want to go ahead and recap your five before, you know, we, we close it out here? Um, Till I Collapse by Eminem, Stronger by Kanye, Six Foot Seven Foot by Lil Wayne, um, A Group of Friends in Paris by Kanye, (laughs) (laughs) Um, and What's Poppin' by Jerry Carlo. All right. And then for mine, I picked Dreams and Nightmares by Meek Mill, Thunderstruck by ACDC, Bonfire by Childish Gambino, Cult of Personality by Living Color, and MVP by Russ. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, if you have made it this far, we want to say thank you for listening all the way through. We hope you enjoyed this week's episode of the Pigskin Project. We have a lot scheduled for next week's show, including our off-season previews and much, much more. So make sure that you're subscribed or following us on all platforms. We'd like to give a big thank you to Anchor.fm and Uppercuts Grooming for helping us promote our podcast. Please leave a review down below as it helps us more than you know. And that's it for this week. So thanks again for tuning in to the Pigskin Project.